0: Welcome back to Diaries of the Wild Ones. Once again, a big thank you to Wild Earth Australia. Wild Earth Australia have come up with an awesome idea. They want to run a competition for Diaries of the Wild Ones. They're calling it Tell Us Your Tale. So what they want is people to enter that have a story, to send in a short version of their story to go on the chance to win an adventure pack for this summer. Now, I'm going to let you guys know the details on the next podcast, and I'm going to put it on my social media, Aaron Underscrollshanks. Shanks. We're just working out the fine details right now, But Wild Earth, they are awesome. If you guys need anything for your next adventure, hiking, camping, running, climbing, you name it, these guys have it. So go to wildearth.com.au and put in the 10% discount code Diaries of the Wild Ones, all one word, capital letters. I'd also like to give a huge, huge thank you to Free Brewing Co. Australia, organic preservative free beer. You'll find them in BWS and Dan Murphy's. It's a silver can with free written across in black. Now, they're selling like hotcakes right now, and I'm really stoked because this is a really good company doing a really good thing, and they, they also believe in the adventurous lifestyle. So cheers to you guys, and everyone remember, always drink responsibly. So you're about to meet Jim Chapman. He is the brother of George Chapman, the guy that came on the podcast a few episodes ago with the episode Africa, Scorpions and Five Days of Agony. He's the guy that got stung by that deadly scorpion over in Africa and went through that horrendous five days. Now, this family, football players and farmers from Lismore, New South Wales, their parents bought a property over in Kenya and started a safari lodge. So these guys growing up, they spent a lot of time in Africa. They have so many cool stories. Now, Jim and George are currently in Brisbane. Jim reached out to me to come on the podcast with a cool story. I was away at work back of the Sunshine Coast and we organized to meet down in Noosa for the weekend. So we went down, we, we just had a great time and we decided to do the podcast because it was amazing. It was such a beautiful day to do it down by the Noosa River. Now, I invite you guys to join in that day with us. It was a beautiful sunny day, crystal clear water, people everywhere. You're going to hear people in the background laughing. You're going to hear boats going past. You're going to hear people swimming. You're going to hear jet skis. Now, I've edited out a little bit of the background noise, but I reckon it sounds really cool having that there because it was such a magical day. And I'm just so glad that I can just pass that on to you guys. Now Enjoy. Jim, Jim Chapman. What's so ridiculous about this is that we interviewed your brother, which is sitting right next to us right now, a few months <laughs> ago, which introduced me to your whole family, or, or the idea yeah. of what your whole family has done, and that is the farm at Kenya. So, what do we call that? There was um, Scorpion and the Kenya. What do we call that episode? It's called Scorpion Africa. and Five Days. Scorpion. And five days of agony. That was your story. That it was absolutely brilliant. And now your younger brother, Jim, has come <laughs> up to do another story. And so we've met in Noosa. We've ended up going out last night, having a pretty silly time, actually. It was so much fun, a few beers. We met all these guys. Oh, guys, everyone say hi. Hi.
1: <laughs> we met all these guys.
0: <laughs> and now we're down on Noosa River having a beer, an amazing day. And everyone, you're going to hear the boats going past. It's, like, so sunny. You're so sunburnt, dude. Oh, it's ridiculous. It's
1: ridiculously sunburnt. <laughs> that was from yesterday. All yeah. right.
0: So, how do you want to start this? So, this I'm guessing, I'm wondering if this is another Kenyan story, like, Kenya story.
1: Not. It's not a Kenyan story. It's an African story. It's an um, African story. Yeah, it starts in South Africa.
0: So, do you want to give a little back um, background quickly of your family, just for people that don't remember the last episode? Yeah, of your
1: brother? sure. So, it was actually, um, so I have two older twin brothers they're 25 I think it was when I was younger like when I was eight or something mum and dad they moved over to Kenya and they started a, a business over there got into like doing safaris and yeah I guess the three of us boys fell in love with with Africa and like, music so country like
0: footy boys from like Lismore kind of like inland New South- oh, it's not even that inland like an hour inland from like kind of Lenox, Head, Ballina yeah, kind of region yeah in the kind of like farmland there so that's yeah. like a huge transition from yeah. farmland like kind of like country new south wales to kenya
1: totally no just growing up on the farm but and then like moving to kenya was like such an exciting you know like surrounded by animals every day you know lion rhino It was just such a thrill what was that like for you being like the younger one like being so young and like
0: eyes open to that stuff was that just what was that like? It was just so Yeah, I confusing. was loving it.
1: I was loving it. And then, um, like, just started tagging along with our safari guides, doing safaris. And then after a few years, doing a couple of my own. And hopefully in a couple more years, we'll be, yeah, hopefully running my own safaris one day.
0: So is that your plan? Do you just have this love for, for Kenya now? Yeah, like it's the, so adventurous Africa? over
1: there.
0: Yeah. Yeah, right. What, how old were you when you guys moved over there?
1: I think it was 2008, mum and dad bought the block, so I would have been eight. And then, yeah, started going back and forth from 2009 onwards.
0: Is that a farm? Did they buy a farm over there? It
1: was more of a, like, a property, a block, like an old homestead. And mum and dad just, like, renovated it and turned it into, like, a really nice safari lodge where people could stay. But, like, dad's a, a farmer, like... Yeah. So... In the end, he's turned it into a farm as well. Yeah, right. Yeah.
0: Are they over there right now?
1: Dad's over there at the moment, but mum's stuck here. Um, With the COVID? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh. So um, She's just down in New South Wales on the other farm.
0: How often do you guys go back? To Kenya. How's these guys, like their whole story? Like they're just middle, like when they're teenagers, their family <laughs> just gets up and moves to Kenya. Isn't that ridiculous? Yeah, I don't know why. So different.
1: <laughs> yeah. Like, I used to go back. I went to boarding school, so I'd go in the holidays. And just, yeah, just loving it. I haven't been back since... I think we spent Christmas over there, but don't know when we'll go back soon.
0: And you were there on the same trip when your brother got stung by that that scorpion. Yeah. In five days of yeah. Agony.
1: I've got this whole, like, different perspective to the story, because I was just, like, having a great time, and George was just in agony. And, like, I can remember different things that he can't remember. Yeah. he tells
0: that story again when he was in hospital and when your dad came down.
1: Yeah, this was one of the first times I've, like, seen dad cry. And he was just crying because of George's situation. He was really worried um, from the scorpion bite. And then he came back from the hospital. And I was pretty young. And he just came back and he was like, Jim, like please, you need to go and sit next to George in the hospital. He, and so I was like, all right, okay. So I walk up the street and it was just like dark in the middle of the night in this, um, this little town. I walk up the street, I was pretty scared. And then find the hospital and I walk in, there's not a soul in sight. And then I just find George just passed out under this fluorescent light and there was no one around. And then, so I just like, I was like, what do I do? I just sat next to him for like maybe an hour or so and this like security guard waltzes up and just tells me he's like he's like he'll be fine like go to bed (laughs) and I was like okay I'll go to bed so I just went back and just left George
0: were you scared being like a young white Australian in Africa like I'm sure you must have had some weird moments or like did you have any scary moments like did you you feel your parents had to be like overprotective with you guys
1: no, I don't think so. Like, you get this whole perspective of, like, Africa being a dangerous place, but once you spend some time there, you realise, you know, how, how friendly and beautiful the people are. Obviously, there's, like, a bit of crime here and there, but in general, I think the media really hypes it up Have um, you been to reality. To, have you been to Asia at all? Oh, uh, no, not really, a little bit. Yeah, I'm no. just wondering,
0: like the comparison, like for, for people to try compare to, like, do they look at you as like a dollar sign, like being wide and like from Australia? Yeah,
1: yeah, I guess that's like general across most, um, like third you world know, developing country. regions. Yeah. yeah, but you know when you hear the stats of like, you know, the crime rate in New York City compared to to Kenya, it's oh, man. like New York ridiculous, City's so scary. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
0: So, what's his sto- story? Let's oh, yeah.
1: Let's dive into it. Okay. Can to
0: tell a story? <laughs> <laughs> just gather around, ladies. <laughs> story time.
1: <laughs> so, I was, in, um, I was in my final year of, of high school. I was in year 12. And George and Charlie, my two older brothers, they were living in, in Cape Town. They'd been there for maybe a year or so. I think they were like studying. They started off studying at, at UCT, the, the university there. And then they just stayed on for another six months or so. And they, yeah, they would just send me photos and it looked like they were ha- just having the best life. Cape Town's like looks like the most beautiful city, like just on the beach with the mountains in the backdrop. And yeah, I, I was just like like craving to get over there and join them. And so I think it was like towards the end of the year I had school holidays and they, they said, yeah, book, book a flight over and, and come join us for a few weeks. So I did that. And, um, yeah, I remember arriving. What did your
0: parents think? Just like, did your parents have trust in your older brothers to look after you? Being so young, being like year 12 at high school. No,
1: they've always been pretty chilled about things like that. I remember.
2: The three of us had done a trip before in Vanuatu. We hadn't, like, we traveled a lot as a family. It was the first time as us three brothers. And we all just, we had our roles, like, and we were doing a lot of volunteering. And we just clicked. We worked. And we're like, let's do more of this. Yeah, yeah. So... When and we knew we the trip the to man. Cape Town, when you were brewing up something big, and it was, all, yeah, Jim will tell the story. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. I, I remember
1: first thing, like, within 10 minutes being in the country,
2: you know how you just get that,
1: like, that immediate culture shock? It's like, almost like yeah, it's a so different. it's so nice, like, yeah. like, wow, like, new people, new, like, the smells, the sounds, yeah, the buzzing, yeah. like I the, just, I love that, anyway, f- like 10 minutes in the country, George picks me up in his, in his car, it was like, Oh, it was just a shit box. He called it Ronnie. And like the engine would make these like clicking sounds. And I hopped in, we're driving back to his place and like I opened the um the sky what's it called? Sky roof? Yeah, the um, the, the skylight. S- s- Sunroof. 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 <laughs> 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 oh, sorry. <laughs> uh, I opened that up. I opened the like the glass section. And then there's like this board section to stop the yeah. f- the sun right. And the wind just got under it. And it just snapped it off completely. We're on the highway. And I just look behind it and just flies, just misses this, like, Hilux behind us. I was like, shit, it's like, this is gonna be a fun time. Because we just laughed it off. Yeah, like, yeah, it yeah. It just yeah. snapped off.
0: Yeah, because stra- suddenly, straight up, you're like, all right, nothing matters. Yeah. That's the level <laughs> of it. <laughs> I know d- yeah. exactly. I can't yeah. even like, he car didn't
1: have brakes. Your <laughs> car didn't have brakes. It wasn't red, just, oh, George, you're an idiot. <laughs> yeah,
0: we've all been young once. But- yeah.
1: <laughs> Yeah, so we just had a great time. We were in Cape Town for maybe a week, just travelling around. George and Charlie were living in, a, in some share houses, so i just bounce between their houses, you know, going out, going to the beach, climbing Table Mountain. And then I think it was one of their um, housemates, 21st, that was coming up, and she, she wanted to go skydiving for her 21st. Like, hell yeah, like, I've always, since I was really young, you know, I've always watched those movies. I've always wanted to go skydiving. So I was super keen and I was yep. like, yeah, sign me up. So we booked it and I think it was on a weekend and we headed out there in George's car. I think there were me, George and Charlie, and then maybe, you know, three or four of the girls. And, you know, I was so excited. I'm not scared of heights or anything like that. And so the car ride there, I was, I was just like, uh, I was talking a bit of shit. Like, you know, like, I've got this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh, I wonder what the chances are of like, you know, one of our parachutes like not working so I was being a bit of a dick and these girls were like, a bit, like overconfident you are a bit overconfident yeah, yeah.
0: and so you're scaring them you're making them yeah, nervous I you're was like... like
1: looking up the stats and stuff like how many
0: how many times does a parachute just not work I have no idea yeah. someone look up the stats <laughs> <laughs> give the girls a job look at all the girls just like watching like just <laughs> entertained by this story Thanks. Gather around, <laughs> Ladies, gather around. <laughs> okay. The
1: the tides are rising. It's almost at your feet. Oh, the
0: boat just came past. Oh, you can hear the waves too. It's so nice down mm. here in the Noosa River. Okay. So so
1: <laughs> yeah. So we get out there. I'm um, um, just like having a bit of fun. Um, you know, just joking about parachutes not working and that sort of thing. And and we get there and they we we're, we're all doing tandem. We've never done it before. And um, you know, get, we get paired up with these with this. Afrikaans dudes, and yeah, they, they give us a little, little tutorial, little instructions. Not much, not much.
2: So do we have a stat? How often do parachutes fail? The answer, hardly ever. <laughs> According to the USPA, which collects and publishes skydiving accidents st- statistics, about one in every 1,000 parachutes will experience a malfunction.
0: I don't think that's a stat that you would have read out to those girls, but (laughs) because then they would have like, like that would have settled them. Oh, no, actually. It's not too bad. (laughs) One in 1,000. Okay. So, you are all getting ready to go up. Yeah. And you're just, you're making them nervous. Right.
1: Yeah. Uh, We all, we all hop in. I think, yeah, we all fit in the one plane and we head up and it was just like spectacular, you know, looking over, over Cape Town, over the water. over the spiraling up, eh? Yeah. It was just like beautiful. I think, I would planned to jump last because, you know, I think I was most confident. So, it was best yeah. I was out of the plane last and the girls were out first. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, I think, you know, the girls jumped out and then, then Charlie, then George, and then it was my turn and I was up. We're coming up um, towards the edge of the plane and we just, just went for it. Honestly, like... Have, have you done yeah, the Skydive? No, yeah, So I, I
0: hit the deck and I went, whoa, I'm doing that again. And <laughs> yeah. I ran straight up and booked another one. Straight oh, no way. <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah, how good like I don't know, thirty seconds or whatever of just like yeah, epic free fall. You
0: move your hands and you spin one way, spin the other way. Yeah. oh, sick. All right, yeah, yeah, okay, And
1: then okay. this dude's watch—it just starts beeping, beeping—and <gasps> like, <gasps>
0: wait. So as you're falling, you're still full confidence. You're like, you're just enjoying it. You're just, just dropping yeah. like that. Your yeah, eyes, <laughs> the water. <laughs> I mean, not the water, the the air in your mouth. <laughs> yeah, yeah, don't yeah. That's boring when you're falling. Yeah. How is it? Like, yeah. you just... Oh, man, it's such a weird feeling. such okay. a weird feeling. Okay, so
1: you're, you're just full confident, dropping, and then... His his watch starts beeping, and then I think... What um, did
0: you think? What was your first thought as soon as you heard that watch beep?
1: No, I thought it was normal. Okay. I think it was normal. It was just, like, getting him ready to yeah. release the shoot right? And then I think we hit the right altitude to release the shoot, and he does it. He, he releases it, and it goes up, and, like, you know, I just was picturing, like, this perfect parachute above us and we'd just, like, go to a beautiful, like, like sway and, you know, just just become really peaceful. Yeah. Yeah. And for some reason, you know, we just didn't slow down at all. And (laughs) (laughs) I was like, what, like, surely surely we should be slowing down by now he's released the chute
0: are you scared by this point
1: (laughs) no no it was when i looked up at the parachute it was when i was scared (laughs) okay okay okay. i look up at this thing and it's just like it's just a mess it's just a tangle of like i was like what the hell is that like that is not what you're meant to see and then old mates like it was when he started stressing was when i started stressing and and he was like how did you start stressing well, he was panicking, this, this Afrikaans, journey, and he was like... He was, he was grabbing grab to He was grabbing onto the cords, and he started yanking them, trying to, I'm, I'm guessing, trying to, like, release it and, and like, you know, off untangle off. it, yeah. Oh
0: my God, because time's running out, too. You're falling. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have much time. <laughs> okay. But go. he wasn't having much luck. So you're watching him panic? Oh, my God.
1: Yeah, yeah, and then the watch is just going, like, even faster now. It's really picked up its pace, like, beep, 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 beep. <sighs> And my heart was going at the same like rate as the watch, and he just kept falling and falling.
0: Has he noticed by this stage that you're that you're freaking out?
1: Yeah, yeah. How were you he freaking was, out? But like was were you swearing moving as like... well at this stage? Um, and then
0: he's free falling right now, girls. Free falling, the parachute doesn't work. <laughs> he's falling out of the sky, and he's looking up, and the tandem guys is trying to, it's like screaming, trying to like untangle this parachute that is terrifying yeah
1: and then <laughs> is- it just got to a point where he just went calm and then he just pulled this cord on him and it just kind of released it so it- and then we just it just fully released it off into into the air <laughs> and we just started <laughs> well, falling just like, again
0: it- does he have another one
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah and i was just like oh, wow he gave up so easily like <laughs> cuz i at the time i was i, w- I wasn't thinking of a, an emergency shoot. What did like, you,
0: what did you, like, like literally? So when you saw that go, you thought that was it, you're done.
1: Yeah, I just thought he gave up.
0: You're kidding. So you were, <laughs> like, What oh are I you doing?
1: <laughs> yeah, I was That'd like, surely well, you tried a bit harder. <laughs> <laughs> so we just keep falling. So at you a, have no idea that it pace. might be like enough. No. Oh my,
0: so right now you're falling towards your death.
1: Well, you're not thinking like clearly, I guess. you're. It's like a state of adrenaline, maybe. And, um. How does
2: it work? Were you. Were you on the front of him? I can't remember. I think you're on the, on the front. front. for tandem. Yeah, yeah they're on the back because you're just hanging off him. Yeah.
0: You're
1: going to try and walk with him? And so the, the watch is going off and then um, we we keep falling. Eventually, he, he releases the emergency shoot and it was just like, holy shit, it all just came to a standstill. It was the most peaceful thing ever. And he, you could tell, like I could feel his heartbeat. Like, and then I just, I remember asking him, we just like, floating down. We are pretty close to the ground at this stage. And I asked him, I was like, mate, like, what was wrong with the first shoot? What happened? He's just like, oh, hey, eh, it just, it wasn't lecker, eh. It just wasn't lecker. <laughs> was it and lecker, I was bro? like, what is lecker? What does that mean? I asked George and Charlie later, it just means it wasn't good. Yeah, it wasn't <laughs> it just cool, It wasn't man. good. Lecker, brew. I love yeah. that. Hey, bro. <laughs> yeah, so we got to the ground. We actually got, we actually landed before everyone else. So because we, you flew straight past him yeah, without a parachute. Yeah. <laughs> <We got laughs> to, what did they see? We got to watch was like, Charlie and George and all the girls land, and they were so
2: confused. And, could you, say, George, When you were up there, could you see him falling? No, nah, I, I missed it all. Yes, I, I didn't know what was going on with Jimbo, but I had a great time. I was in my own world, you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, look at the view. Meanwhile, your brother's just falling to his death. <laughs> ah. Did Charlie see you just go past
0: him? I don't know. Yeah. it's like what's that sound oh it's nothing this is like in the background you're like you i've just pictured you just like
2: in awe, like looking over this view meanwhile like in the background is your brother's going ah. <laughs> <laughs> with the three brothers like it's always like a competition like imagine jim's like see you fuckers <laughs> <laughs> see you at the bottom um, yeah
1: so that was that was like the first little part of the the trip and we knew it was going to be like one hell of an adventure wait what happened
0: there. when you landed like on the ground but were you just like edu- like just like holy fuck yeah. were just like-,
1: we, uh, like I tried asking them like I wasn't angry I was just like curious I was like you know what happened and they got really defensive because I can imagine yeah, they maybe their yeah. business yeah. they just got a bit like, like that got out, be huge. and they they just didn't say anything and yeah they got really defensive and I wasn't like I didn't care or anything I just was interested, like, what happened. Um, <laughs> and then the dude's just walking off into the field to go collect the shoot. He had to go find it. I was like, surely you're not reusing that one.
2: <laughs> I hope
0: not. Yeah. Oh my god. Do do your brothers look after you when you're like when you're eighteen? years old yeah. or 17, 18, 19 years old in these other countries because you're nah. telling me yesterday when, they, when he left you in Argentina when you were 20 it's like <laughs> do they look after you or are they, is it just like tough yeah, love? Yeah,
1: no they do I look after them more so probably <laughs> 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 yeah so that was that was Cape Town that was a lot of fun and then yeah we spent maybe a couple more days there and we had we had another week or so maybe another 10 days before I had to go back to Australia and we thought, like, wow, like, I'm all the way over here. And George had been to Namibia before. And he, he said, like, such a beautiful country. We should do a trip up into Namibia. And I was all for it. I was, like, so keen, you know. I love, you know, seeing new countries, right? So we, we looked into Namibia. We thought we'd hire, a, like, a four-wheel drive with, with some rooftop tents and just travel around the three of us for about a week yes that was the plan we rang up mum and dad back home and told them what our plan was and they were yeah all for it we headed off oh look at that dog
0: (laughs) we're at the dog beach (laughs) and there's dogs running around oh what a weird looking dog for the (laughs) listeners there's a weird looking dog walking (laughs) past us oh there's two of them he's gonna it's a baby greyhound Whoa, they're Whoa. funny looking when they're big. Ba- oh, look at his legs. Okay, okay, wait. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so, so use again these four wheel drives. Mum and Dad have approved. Yeah. They've said, they've given you the green light. Yeah, yeah.
1: You're on. And they were epic vehicles. They were, um, they were dual cab. They had all the gear in the back. Yeah, two rooftop tents. So we were, we could go wherever we wanted, really. We flew into Vintook, the capital. That's where we picked up the vehicle. As George was saying before, we kind of. We all like assumed our roles. I think George was the driver, because we were covering a fair bit of case. We only had maybe five nights. George was driving. I was doing maps and directions, and Charlie was just sitting in the back being useless. Just, <laughs> just. Well, ever know, just arguing reading. about
0: directions, and he's the driver. Yeah. I'm oh, left yeah. up here. The map. I'm reading it. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs>
0: Give me a look at that. Just eyes on the road.
1: <laughs> <laughs> we started with um. We Luckily we rented, it was like $10 extra to use their, to borrow their GPS for the week. Mm. And thank God we did, because like, it's a big country. I think it's one of the most, like, least densely populated countries in the world. So, biggest area, least people. Yeah. And it's just, you know, a lot of it's desert, but like, just some beautiful scenery. Like, the first night, we just camped out of Vintook, a little campsite, and then... You know, we just had a mad set up, the fire. Were you
0: ever nervous? Were you scared on this? Like, is Namibia, like, quite a safe country? Yeah, I I feel
1: like the vibes we're getting from George's experiences is that Namibia's, like, a really safe country. In fact, like, I've been to a fair few African countries and this was the most, like, Australia. Yeah, The roads were, like... Pristine, yeah, like every everyone was very friendly. It was, yeah, it was,
0: I think there's a big German, it was weird. There's some Germans there and Icelandics. So my, yeah. my mates that I stay in Iceland with, they're half Namibian, half Icelandic. Because, well, they're not half, they're all Icelandic, but they grew up half in Namibia because their dad's yeah, an engineer right. and was over there. And he said, like, there was this, yeah, there was all these Icelandic people over there working, I think, doing like. Pipelines or so I can't remember what wow. it was, but they said there was like all these Germans and them working and yeah and like all my mates they grew up in so it's really cool because they're Icelandic but they have these South African or like Namibian accents.
1: Yeah, I think there's quite a, a German settlement on the coast. Yeah, I think Swakopmund is one of the towns we we went through and it's all like there's like German bars and stuff. It's mm. like so weird. You think there's a German kind of community down there? Yeah, on like the west coast of Africa. So, was the plan um,
0: to, like, do, like, a safari? Like, are you going to see animals or just, like, scenery and coast?
1: Yeah, no, we'd like, we'd seen enough animals, kind of, in Africa. We're more, like, keen to just experience the the scenery. Um, yeah. We spent our first couple of days at this place called Sausage Play. And it's, like, the largest sand dune in the world. Um, and it's, like, yeah, it's just, like, like, kind of, like, desert and, like, these trees and, like... Um, Saucer's flea. and what are the animals like oryx? Yeah, the yeah it's just like something else. I've never experienced right. Africa like this.
2: Our goal was to not I remember speaking in, on the way out of Vintook. Our goal was to like not stay in any caravan site or not even near other people. Like, yeah. it was just the three of us, and we're like,
1: yeah, we don't want to pay for it. And like, we
2: just, yeah, we just it was us on the in the in the Land Cruiser the Hilux rooftop tents we're like let's not go near anyone because we're in the most sparsely populated country in the world mm. and these are the most insane deserts ever let's just be in the desert and they like recommend us to like not go off the main tracks and but we're like no no, <laughs> no we are in Namibia let's like enjoy it for what it is let's yeah, not go and yeah. stay a campsite and meet you know other tourists let's just go out and be out there so that was the that was the game plan <laughs>
1: And so I think on our third night, we literally did that. We camped in the middle of the desert. It was, like, flat as far as the eye could see. And that's, like, just off the Skeleton Coast. So it's, like, mm. one of the most the skeleton like bay is. dangerous waters. And there's a lot of shipwrecks coming down that coast of Africa. I think back in the day, you know, during the trading. And so it's very kind of untouched area. And and we are just camping out there in the desert. And then I think it was our fourth night we were kind of heading up. we did a bit of a loop starting in the capital and then working around doing a loop and then back up the west coast and instead of following the highway kind of right around it was my idea being the um the maps guy yeah at this stage our (laughs) gps had like it wasn't working it was it thought we were like 5k's from where we really were yeah and so we were literally relying on this um this like physical map that we bought at the airport
0: oh you had to go back yeah you had to go back in time
1: (laughs) (laughs) and um so it was my decision we either headed up like right around um the highway which was going to be an extra you know 600 to 1000 k's or there's this little thing on the map it's like four wheel drive only it's got little dotted lines and it kind of cuts through it and then it's like Norcliffe mountain range (gasps) and it's just like these dotted lines through there and I was like Yes, that's happening. This we're doing exact.
0: that. Did you do that because it's more of the adventure around doing that?
1: Oh, yeah, I was just keen to get off the like the nice roads and kind of use our vehicle a bit. We we headed in there and it was not what we expected. Like it got to the point where the roads were just like not roads anymore. There were, you know, there were left turns, there were right turns and we, you know, just didn't know which way to go. And we came across this it was like this rhino camp, like an anti-poaching Kind of camp in the in the middle of this kind of barren barren mountain range. These guys were like they gave us this map. It was like a hand-drawn map, and they were they were trying to tell us like how to get through this mountain range, through this <laughs> desert, back to the back to this town on the main road called Twyfel or something. Were your
0: brothers were they keen on this idea? Had you convinced them? Yeah, yeah. Now full on, and then them. right now there's no red flags. Like having this chat no, with this guy, the this brothers stage. aren't we like, were, oh, maybe like not. <laughs> okay, yeah. okay.
1: No, we were we were loving it at this stage. We were like, yeah, loving the adventure, and it's just you know super untouched. We're we're driving through like like rocky, rocky mountains. Not many trees. Not much can live out there. It's very dry and uh, not humid, very dry. Yeah, we're driving all day. And then following this map, you know, it's just a hand-drawn map. And there's no way, like, you can navigate with a hand-drawn map when the the roads just go off on tangents. Yeah. And it's like, you know, turn right at this mountain. And there's mountains everywhere.
0: Did you get to the point where you're just like, "Uh, I feel go left. You started going off intuition? Yeah, just intuition
1: and like direction, you know, or we should be heading east or we should be heading, you know, north. And it kind of, it got to the point where none of us were confident.
0: It's like... (coughs) (laughs) Just
1: crack that,
0: just full mic. The girls are all laughing at me. I'm like, crack the beer in the mic, okay? (laughs) I might
1: need another one soon. Okay, Oh, cheers!
0: Crack it in the
1: mic. Oh, that's
0: got a bit of sand on it. Maybe give it a little little wipe off. Little crunchy,
1: little (laughs) sippy treat beer.
0: Wait, meanwhile, meanwhile, um, let's give a little thank you to um, Free Brewing Co. Organic, preservative-free beer that we're sipping on right now.
1: Delicious! It's
0: how good is that, eh?
1: So good. Um, How good's
0: it? Like beer. <laughs> That's what I... Oh, you know, just like, okay, a little shout out right now, because think about this. It's like right now, like, orga- like organic preservative free. You know what I mean? Like, are yeah. you kidding me? No brainer. It's just like, I uh, like, I love, like, right now, this is what we want to do. It's like a hot, sunny day on the water, having a little sippy treat, like a little cold beverage. I <laughs> just want to have a beer. But it's like, it's not as bad for you. You know what I mean? Yeah, like yeah. organic ingredients and preservative free.
1: Okay. Feels slightly better.
0: Uh, continue, continue.
1: Yeah, and it gets to a stage where the sun's kind of starting to set and we're getting, to, we're, we're stressing out a little bit because, like, you know, we're looking on this map and it's like a huge chunk of the country is this mountain range and this <laughs> kind of desert region.
0: How's your fuel situation?
1: Fuel situation was okay. It was our, our water situation which wasn't as good. Um, we, in hindsight, like in hindsight we had not much water left. We didn't know it at the time.
2: We had no water, but we had our, we had bottles of wine, so we were all pretty. and you guys were drinking that in the back while I was driving. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, and I, and I know what it's like on things like this
0: with a few beers. Whole wine, and you, you just have this, like, really, like, she'll be right, yeah, kind yeah. of attitude, you know. Yeah, you're sipping on a couple of drinks, it's like, oh, she'll be right,
2: you're just having a good time, <laughs> like, with your brothers on cool. an adventure. It's you're like, into the middle of the night, yeah, we're getting further and further lost, but it was getting later and later. And oh, anyway,
1: yeah, we it, it was getting dark, and we had absolutely no clue at this stage where we were, we were just chasing trails, and then we'd get to a dead end. And then the roads got like really bad, so we'd have to turn around. And then we'd, you know, yeah, we were all panicking a little bit because we're in the middle of nowhere. So
0: you'd literally get like take a turn, get down, and be like, "This can't be it. Like it's too, it's too heavy. Go back, yeah. backtrack, backtrack. Okay, this road looks a bit better. Take this on. Exactly. Yeah. <gasps> oh my god. Um, phone signal. I'm guessing no phone no, signal. No, no way. So no you're just <laughs> <signal. laughs> <laughs> GPS. Yeah, the GPS it didn't work. is
1: broken. So we're driving. It's getting to the stage where we're like, all right, let's find a good place to camp. We're going to have to just stay out here the night and try our luck in the morning, I guess. And yeah, the sun's setting, it's getting dark. And then we see this light, we see this like small, small light on like on a ridge ages away. And we're like, oh, we're getting to this light. Like we don't know what it is, but we're going to get there. We were quite relieved. We thought it might be like a house or like, you know, anything and so we, we follow the tracks and now it's getting quite dark and we follow these, these tracks, you know, through gullies and we finally get to this light and it ends up being a vehicle similar to ours and we pull up next to it and I'll never forget this German guy, he, he pokes his head out of the rooftop tent and he's just like, hello. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, and he was so, so confused, so like shocked. As to why we were there, and he comes out, and he's—I think he was with his wife or girlfriend—and they both come out, and they're like, "What are you guys doing here? Like, like, where are you going?" And we were telling, we were trying to say that we we're going to this town on the main road called Twyffelfeldtane. <laughs> oh, it's really hard.
0: Twyffelfeldtane. <laughs> and then
1: he corrected us. I remember we said it like how we thought it was yeah. meant to be said, it. and he's like, "Oh, you mean Twyffelfeldtane?" Yeah. We're like, oh yes, that one, and um. And he's like, oh, you're going in the wrong direction. He's like, <laughs> you're heading into nothingness. <laughs> and I was like, oh, jeez, that's great. Anyway, he says, you know, like, like, we've been out here for two weeks and we haven't seen a single person. And they were, they were actually archaeologists from Germany. And they were being paid by university to, to kind of like live out there, camp out there, and study and discover ancient rock art
2: you're kidding me yeah
1: so they've been living out there for weeks
2: so this german archaeologist was there for seven weeks with his girlfriend and they i think they'd done one trip back into to town to get supplies but they hadn't seen anyone for seven weeks apart apart from us yeah you're kidding
1: and he's like like you know what like you guys camp around the corner and we'll come get you in the morning and we'll, we'll show you to the main road. Like, like we will take you there. They were obviously quite concerned. Yeah. And so we did that. We we camped just around the corner. We set up. Um, oh yeah,
0: by this stage, any of your brothers
2: like, you're an idiot, man. <laughs> Why'd you take us out here? Were you giving it to him?
1: Yeah, I don't know.
2: I was fucking stressed because I was just trying to make decisions on which track to hit. And we had this little mud map that this guy, because we're in this... National Park and yeah but we had this mud map and this bloke had this picture of this little mountain burnt mountain remember because there's been a massive fire through there and he said look out for this mountain that's burnt and we were just looking for this there's no mountain it's just flat (laughs) and so this guy just spun us out so I was stressed but these guys Charlie and Jim were drinking on the red wines drinking the jet skis just
0: going past that's (laughs) that's that harm down here in the Noosa River but (laughs) <laughs> yeah, so we
1: we camp around the corner, just have, like camping in the most beautiful spot, you know, under the stars, just in this in this like range of barrenness, nothing out there, and yeah, we 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 go to bed. I don't think we ate anything that night, and they come around in the morning. They come around, you know, nice and early, and they say, you know, "Chuck on your shoes, we're gonna go for a little hike." I'm like, oh, sick! Like, yeah, rado. So we we put on our shoes and. And these guys take us, they lead us up into the mountain. We, we follow them up there into this mountain range and they're like pointing out these different pieces of rock art that they've discovered, which had never been discovered by man before. So who would have done it? white man. But this is like the ancient like, Namibians, like thousands of years ago. And it's Kitty. never been discovered before. And it was just like, like rock art of like elephant and giraffe from when they used to come through these, like, mountain ranges. And it was just, like, the most amazing thing to be able to see.
0: And you got to witness that and, like, think yeah. about like you, you would have been, like, if they discovered it, you would have been, like, the second and third and fourth people to see that ever.
1: Yeah, he's, he's like, he, he said, please don't, like, tell anyone because it hasn't been documented yet. So, we'll just tell everyone <laughs> like, on the podcast. We don't, <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> we don't even know where we were at the time. Yeah, uh, yeah. This is a few years ago now. Please um, <laughs> <laughs> don't tell anyone. Yeah. <laughs> we just announced yeah, yeah, We're okay, going to have the it. German u- university after this. Oh, oh, yeah, just the most amazing thing to see, witness this, oh, this rock art. in. I can't, yeah.
0: I can't get it over the experiences that you guys have had by your family making that move, and like, but I was saying like to you guys like, like last night that you've like used that and that skills and those internships and like that volunteering and then and helping other other like communities and everything like with the football teaching football and stuff. It's like you've used that to like travel to all these insanely develop, like cool developing countries, and like the travels that you've done, and you're all so young. Like, what are you only like twenty now, right now, Jim?
1: Yeah, yeah twenty.
0: You know what I mean? And like, it's just absolutely insane. Like, do you reckon like, do you guys feel yourselves like that you use like the world because you've been shown this and you've been shown how to travel and like, do you feel like for one that you're capable and for two, do you feel like the world's your oyster? Like, how do you like feel like when you're looking at your mates that you went to school with that are like out in Lismore or whatever and you have this like, you have this thing in your mind that whenever you want, you can go to Kenya or go anywhere in the world and go on, on these adventures. People don't think like that.
1: But you do because you use uh, Yeah, I think it's like, like just dad's like a lord. I don't know. Like <laughs> he's very spontaneous and I don't know, entrepreneurial and he just like does crazy things like and then George and Charlie are very similar. They they've travelled a lot. So yeah, I can see the next few years being very similar. I can't see myself sitting still, you know, Covid's been Yeah like pretty hard just being locked up in in brisbane i mean you can't complain but yeah listening to your podcast has just like kept me so inspired for the next like actually, adventure oh, the
0: podcast and thank you to the listeners because it's actually doing so well right now because i i, I think that's why because of that it's yeah. like it's like allowing people to travel from their own yeah. homes where they still and it was weird totally. like ye- years ago i i couch surfed in tahiti mm. and i stayed with this lady and she Once upon a time, she worked at this resort and spoke really good English and met Westerners. And her dream was always to travel the world. And her husband, they were actually marijuana growers. They had this huge, (laughs) like, they lived off the land. But what they did is they, sorry, they couch surfed. Her her husband couldn't speak any English and they had this little hut in the middle of this marijuana farm. And they had a daughter who couldn't speak any English, but the mum could. And God, I forget her name, but amazing, like, Tahitian woman. And they let us just sleep on their balcony and I remember saying to her like her dream was to travel the world but like she just wasn't Mm. able to do it like in her scenario like she just you know with her family and everything and also money like economics there and, and she said so what she does instead is get people foreigners to come stay Wow. and she just wants to listen to them and like meet them and tell their story and like, for her that's like traveling the world and, I'll be, and I, I remember like thinking like wow that, that that's so true and then right now the podcast has been doing so well and the people have really been liking you know travel stories because it's like inspiring that inner mm. inner adventurous spirit I suppose
2: and you guys already have that <laughs> and I've got that <laughs> Since I think since meeting you Aaron I've just wanted to do it at a higher notch and a faster pace you know yeah. With more adventure, you know. Um, Yeah, got to lift up my game. Well, it's just, that's the thing. It's like, and I I, I sometimes think about that. It's like adventure is like
0: like stepping out of your comfort zone, right? But The more you step out of the comfort zone, then you get like used to that and you're stepping out more and Mm. then you're stepping out more. And that's like right now. (laughs) I was like, I was telling, I don't know if I was telling you guys, but I've been planning this trip for like a year and a half doing this thing that's completely insane that no one's done. And I'm like, I just really want to do it. But it's just like... You know, and, the, and I'm finding someone willing to. It's, I'm finding the hardest thing is someone willing to do it with me, yeah.
1: mm.
2: and that's exactly because of that. It's because I keep stepping out of my comfort zone and going deeper <laughs> I and say, deeper. I had a good train of thought. Like Jim's, you know, if you don't mind me sharing what you said in the car the other day on the way to Brisbane, he's like, "Yeah." During COVID, I was getting like kind of down, like stuck. I want, you know, I'm just doing uni. I'm getting a bit bored. i like, wanted something to look forward to as what's making makes me really happy. And I'm like. And he said, oh, I was watch- listening to Aaron's podcast. And then I was like, that's it. Because Jim's always had this desire to cycle through Africa. And he's like, on his bedroom wall, he's got Cycle Africa 2022. <laughs> yeah. And he says, like, that's every morning I wake up, I just see that. And I'm like, that's what you've got to look forward to, you know. Mm-hmm. Keep growing. Like, look forward to that. It's insane. So, the- oh, man. Go for it, man.
0: Uh, Eric, from the episode that I did 14,000 miles to Chile. The guy that like had a motorbike and um, drove, rode his motorbike from fuck like, what's north of California, Oregon, Oregon down to Patagonia, and then COVID hit. I, man, I just call, I just we talked a couple of days ago, and it's insane. I want to try figure out how to do a Zoom call with him because I did his story when he was in Mexico. He was traveling with me and was sleeping on beaches and that, and he was the guy driving down doing this beach cleanup, like doing two years wow. going down Patagonia, right? And so a year and a half, maybe like over a year that I've done that podcast with him, a year and a half, yeah, COVID hit and he was in Patagonia, still going up north. He ended up in this town in the south of Chile where COVID just made him stand still and he got stuck on this farm and then he ended up like getting like really into the community there and learning about permaculture and now has bought his own land there and he's like, it's like literally... His decision to like, hey, I'm going to go do this trip, like two-year trip and blah, blah, has like reprojected his whole life. That's what I was talking to him about. And we want to do another podcast because it's like actually seeing that journey. Like I talked to him, you go listen to the last one. And he's like, yeah, man, I'm just on this journey. Like whatever happens, happens. Just having fun. If I run out of money, whatever, I'll go home. But I'm just riding my motorbike and, you know, sleeping on beaches and just going to enjoy it. And then now he's like, (laughs) you know, he's got land. He's building a house. He's like, you know what I mean? He's like living in this community, like in the south of Chile.
1: Wow. Well, shall I What's continue f- where I left off in, in the mountain range? Okay. Yeah. 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 yeah sorry. Yeah. Sorry.
0: We, we went on a tangent. It's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a good tangent. Um, okay. So you're in the mountain range that you've s- we've,
1: we've seen this rock art for the first time. Yeah. It's just incredible. We we didn't take any pictures. I don't think. But he said, like, you know, don't don't leave anything like any toilet paper around because it's so dry. You know, it'll still be here in a thousand years. Anyway, we, we hit the road. Go back to the car, and they we followed them for a couple of hours. We actually got a, a flat tire along the way, and he like they were the friendliest people. They hopped out, like they they'd had so much patience for us, and they hopped out, helped us change the tire in the sand. I was also because like, you're
0: the only people they'd seen in months. Yeah. If they are doing that every day, if everyone was going out there getting stuck, you'd be like, no man.
1: Shh. <laughs> they probably thought we we're just the stupidest young. <laughs> yeah, these guys like, need just, help. Yeah. Just, <laughs> like ignorant, arrogant, I don't know what we were. Yeah. <laughs> and then they finally got us the main road and we parted ways. I think we gave them a bottle of wine to thank them. Yeah, we were just so relieved. We, we were back on like a bit of main road and that's when we realised like we did have no water left. So we were very lucky to find them. So yeah, that was our second last night now in um, in Namibia. We thought we'd camp in a like a proper campsite this night just so we could get a bit of washing done. Um, you know, prepare to head back back Buck- to Cape Town. Bucket laundry, bit yeah, of water in a bucket, like sh- yeah, scrubbing around, <laughs> yeah. squeeze
0: it out. That's how I lived in Indo for years. <laughs> it's like rinsing it. Get when you do your towel, you get a mate to get on the other end, and you both twist it. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm saving two bucks today.
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we we found this like really nice little campsite run by this like you know like lovely family family operation. And we we went in there. I think we had a meal. They were serving like like really weird mo- meats, like eland and whatnot. And we we Wait, had a, eland. Yeah, they. What's that? It's just like a, an
2: impala. Like they have like bushbuck. Yeah, bush meats. Springbok, crocodile. You can eat all sorts of exotic meats.
0: Is it good? Like, like, like? Is like a deer, like venison? Like,
1: no, it's, it's really pretty gamey? tough. <laughs> yeah, yeah, a bit gamey. It's not as like, league, They don't really promote it any as much anymore. I don't think. Yeah, but it's when you're so in like the, south, literally yeah. the
0: middle of nowhere, it's like it's like kind of native, like you know, the yeah. people living off the land and stuff. You know, that's what they, yeah,
1: yeah. So we we set up that night. It was actually really loud because we were just outside of this town. I think the town was called Ucho. We were just outside in this campsite, and it was like. We found out later it was like um, payday in town that night, that day. It was a Friday and it was payday. And so the town was like celebrating. And all night we could just hear like like music. It was very loud in the streets. I think they were doing some sort of parade. And um, people were singing and dancing and didn't get much sleep really. But woke up in the morning, just, just I think I was the first out of bed, out of us three, and, and went, climbed down from the, the rooftop tent and just saw the the back back window passenger window had just been completely shattered and I was like oh no and like, you hadn't heard it no I hadn't heard it hadn't yeah didn't notice a thing throughout the night and I was like no like what maybe an accident or something so maybe the window
0: shattered it. and no, all three of you no one woke up
1: no one woke up and I, I'm guessing because of the music in town and I, I first first thing I look into the window and notice that my backpack had was gone and I was my heart just sank because I knew what was in that backpack what was in it and your it passport just everything oh. like I had my had my passport I had Charlie's passport I had my birth certificate because you needed a birth certificate to travel as a minor yeah into South Africa so I had that original copy I had my wallet I had my phone I had my had I'd, I'd saved up to buy a really nice camera, I had How did my not laptop. Wake
0: up, someone come up and like smash the window and use it under it. <laughs> yeah, they're under just... you, smash the window <laughs> and steal all your stuff. These got they got robbed while well, they're in the rooftop tent. Someone they came <laughs> up and smashed them. You guys are heavy sleepers. <laughs> 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 <Too
2: much fun. laughs>
1: Big night. <laughs> uh, fair enough. Yeah. So <laughs> we just like we had this flight back to um. To Cape Town the next day, and, and then I had my flight going on to Australia the f- the following day, without a passport, without any ID. You know, I was a nobody. Someone out there, some some fella was like, could have fully taken my identity as Jim Chapman. <laughs> I like, had my you know I Just picture
0: some African dude walking <laughs> around, just like, I, my name is Jim Chapman. <laughs> so we got oh, going to, <laughs> to Australia now <laughs> probably could
1: I'll probably meet him one day <laughs>
0: dyed his hair blonde this is a good cover up <laughs> oh. uh,
1: could th- yeah, yeah. We, we approached the camp manager like lovely guy Um, he's like straight away he's, he's like uh, like um, approaches all his staff and he's like search the bushes and he just sends them off into the bushes to like look for the bag hoping that the guy had maybe um, like stolen the camera and the laptop but throwing out the passport just out of like, you know, being nice. You know, he's yeah. maybe he doesn't need the they passport. Do that, they
0: did that to us in Mexico. Our car got robbed. Yeah. And we went into the bush. Well, we weren't running trying to find him. <laughs> and we went into the bush and found all our stuff on the,
1: yeah, it's in nice. the
0: bush. They just took the money and, and, and electronics and left mm. passports and like bank cards and stuff.
1: Yeah, right. We yeah we weren't lucky in that we sense because we couldn't find it. <laughs> <laughs> um, Damn it, no, was it was such, such a shame. Yeah. So you've lost everything. Yeah, lost everything. Luckily, George still had his passport, um, so he was still good to to fly back to Cape Town. But that is a but,
0: huge problem, man. Like, did you freak? Were you pissed yeah, off? Yeah, just
1: no. I just went into like like a different mode where I'm like, okay, that's happened. Now I need to sort it out. Like, you know, like, yeah. what can you do? Like.
0: Is there it's any Australian... A, I'm guessing there's no Australian... Where it was the closest... No, we said that, no, no Australian
1: embassy in Namibia. <gasps> um, there was only a... Can you go to British? There was a British embassy. You mention how we're trying to find it? Yeah, I will. Okay. Um, and so the camp manager recommends us going to the, um, to the local radio station and trying to make an announcement. And we're like, Geez, like, do we really want to be on like Namibian like radio so excuse we,
0: we, me um, everyone cu- country Nibibia. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, whoever <laughs> Like there's a lot more
1: problems going on, you know. We, we Can I stop back please? Yeah, <laughs> please. <laughs> uh, so what happened? No, we just went to the I remember we, we knew we had to go to the police station to get a report for like Insurance, insurance. And we didn't have insurance. Oh, in you so okay, stupid. I tell
0: everyone on the podcast, please, please get oh, insurance. I've just heard too many like horrible stories. Yeah, it doesn't cost much. 100 bucks, <laughs> boom, 100 bucks for the month.
1: So worth it. Um, okay, okay, I, continue. I remember we we're looking for this police station. There, I walked up to some guy and he was like, Where, Where's the police station? He's like, Hey, like turn left at the, the capsicums, and I'm like, The capsicums, like, what is that? I go back to the car, meet George and Charlie at the car. and I'm like, "All right, we need to turn left at the Capsicans." And then they're like, "What's the Capsicans?" I'm, um, I don't know. So we're driving along this road, and then I look up at the traffic lights, and there's like only one set of traffic lights in this town, and I saw the traffic lights like red, yellow, and green. And I was like, "Oh my God, those are the capsicums—the red, yellow, and green." <laughs> <You're kidding laughs> like, <me. laughs> so that's what they call them in that in Namibia. And so capsicums, ca- yeah. <laughs> You're kidding. So we f- we found the police station, got our report.
0: Wait a good pickup. I wouldn't have picked that up. Yeah. I Would have been like, there's
2: capsicums around here somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Do they even grow it here? <laughs> yeah. I think I was looking for the for the local markets, like in the veggie. You know the actual caskets. <laughs> yeah, it well, sort of, so would have been on your pad. You
0: and you should play charades.
1: No, it was like a little <laughs> treasure hunt. <laughs> yeah. uh, continue, man. Yeah. yeah. So and then we knew we had to get to to Vintuk, the capital, to sort out all our shit before, like you know, we were we were very short on time because our flight was the next day, and we somehow got we got onto the um the British embassy in in Vintuk. And they put us in contact with the British Embassy in London. So, I'm speaking on my phone. I've got, like, Skype credit, which is just the oh, best hey, thing ever.
0: yeah, um, and yeah, then it runs out. Yeah, so, yeah, oh,
1: I've spent so much money on that. Yeah, thing. yeah. Um, so, I'm talking to the this, like, very stuck-up lady in London. And um, I'm asking her, I'm like, okay, this lady in Vintook said there's this thing called an emergency passport that is issued by the British Embassy... And because of Australia's relationships with Britain, you can provide me one as well. And she was like, yes, that's a thing. It will cost like $300. Um, But it's it's a public holiday here in London. And I'm out with my friends. We're having drinks. And I I was like, no. She's literally said she was like already had some wines and she'd have to go back into the office. And I was like, please. I was like begging with her. But I couldn't win her over, and so that like decision ended up oh, costing us so much money with all the flats and everything. The new flats that we had to book. Um, so yeah, we we went back to the city and we we found the backpackers. George. Are you
0: getting angry with so? Because this has kind of happened to me before, and you get angry, like you start thinking, like if I ever find that guy, who
1: uh, It's kind of like. Just the system, like, it's just yeah. the red tape. That, yeah. You know, you, you kind of just have to go through it. You can't really go around it. We, we finally get to Vintook. George flies out. He's not going to waste his ticket. And Charlie and I are just chilling there at the backpackers. And um, because of the public holiday in London, they, they say, you know, you have to wait it out until Monday. So it gets to Monday. We, we go into this British embassy in, in Vintook. And they let us in, and we're telling them, you know, what we need to do. And they're telling us, all right, you need passport photos, you need to get all this signed, you need to call the Australian embassy. We call the Australian embassy, and it's a freaking public holiday in Australia now on the Monday. And they were saying, like, nah, we're not, we're not working today. Like, we're not going to process your, your passport, your emergency passport. But then Charlie, he's like, he got really. Charlie got a bit aggressive <laughs> and he was a bit fed up. And we, we were in this, this British embassy and this lady at the desk just started tearing up because she started like stressing a lot trying to, process this, um, trying to process this passport. She started tearing up and crying because she was just overwhelmed. Yeah. And she's like, okay, like we will process it today go if you need to book your flights because this emergency passport's only valid for one flight yeah, and we needed to book the flight before she could process the passport <gasps> but then it was kind of like like a negative loop if we booked the flight and she couldn't process the passport then we've wasted another flight yeah and it was like this weird system of errors and we ended up just risking it we booked the flight went back to the embassy and she did she processed this um she processed this this emergency passport and it was like the flimsiest little thing like three page document looked nothing like a passport we literally had like like minutes to spare to get to the airport in time for this one flight that the passport's valid for and Charlie runs back to the backpackers to get his to to get our stuff and he meets me back at the embassy we we jump in a cab and we literally we worked it out like we were going to be like half an hour late like Miss check in to this flight was we stressing. And this this um taxi driver was the slowest taxi driver I think I've ever met. Like most African drivers like just hook it. They don't <laughs> care about they don't have a care in the world. And this guy, he was like going so slowly. We were getting overtaken by so many cars. And we were trying to tell him like Please, like,
0: we we're running all the so ones late. You get, like, I, I can picture that, like, out of Asia, yeah. you're normally shitting yourself. You're like, please slow down, please slow <laughs> down, I don't want to die. And this guy's just, like, the opposite. you get the one guy in the country who's, like...
1: Uh, yeah. He was okay. just, like, dawdling. We get there, and luckily all the flights that day were were delayed. So we, we managed to get on the plane. I remember, like, we're in such a state of just, like, panic and, like just trying to sort out all these documents for the last few days. We're just, we're in a complete state. It was so stressful. Were you getting scared yeah. that you might get
0: stranded? Or like, like just running out of money, stranded? Yeah,
1: just, I'd, lost in the I sister. don't want to miss this flight. And then we're going through, um, I remember we're going through the, the little security like metal detector and Charlie's like thing beeps when he goes through and he had like, I don't know, like a key or something in his pocket and he pulled the key out and with the key, just came a whole hard-boiled egg that was just all crushed up in his pocket, and he didn't know it was there. It'd been there since breakfast, because like the backpackers offered free breakfast, and like the best thing was the hard-boiled eggs. Oh, so you take so we a just couple stack them for the day. Yeah, oh my god, he I'm just pulls, like and all of the security just look at him like he's Dude, the Dude, you to be kept, once freak.
0: that breaks. I've had them in my bag before, and they break oh. hard-boiled eggs. I just decided, yeah, it was the first time and last time I ever took them on a hike. They broke and smashed all through my bag. I sandal through them. And then for months, I couldn't get that stuff out. Oh, we got some dogs here. Okay, dogs. Okay, continue. We just got... Okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> a couple of dogs just ran up and jumped. Oh, actually, sand on the on the recorder. All right, continue, continue.
1: Yeah, we do. We finally make this flight and we get back to Cape Town. It was the biggest relief. And then I had a few hours until my flight to Australia. I make it back to Oz and... The kind of the epilogue to the story after like everything that had um, you know all the stress, everything that had gone wrong on this trip to, to South Africa.
0: Like everything went wrong. For it literally, but <laughs> it like just ended up being the best wrong. time ever.
1: Like, yeah. yeah. I mean, it cost us so much for these new flights. You know, like all the extras. But like after the parachute, the the getting lost in the mountains, the the whole passport, yeah, get, get wallet, robbed. phone issue. You know, I was like. I was completely broke and then...
0: But you would have, like, the thing is, that's what makes you so capable. You had to deal with all these situations, you know what I mean? i got to say, like, a, a, fr- a friend of mine, like, who listens to the podcast and her son listens, her son has been <laughs> inspired to go traveling right now and she messaged me the other day kind of in a bit of a, not not panic at all, but just like, oh, I don't know if it's the right thing. What What do you think? What's your advice? You know, can you talk to my son? And I was like, well, I don't know, i would probably give the the worst advice because right now I'm thinking like if your son he's 18 or 19 he's about to go take on the world in the middle of this COVID situation for me just for me my own personal opinion is I'm thinking like wow what a challenge what mm. a way to make him a man what a way to go put him like how the world is right now whatever suddenly he flies into Europe because he's got an exemption to go oh, I don't wow. know why maybe for study or something but then suddenly get over there and just have to he's by himself he's going to deal with anything that comes through it's like you being 18 and like you know, and it, well, how old were you in this situation? 17, um, 18? I was seventeen. Seventeen.
1: That's, that's quite key um, for when I got back to Australia. I'm not sure if, yeah, I'll, I'll tell this part. It's probably like one of the stupidest things I've ever done, but <laughs> uh, in hindsight. But at the time, like you know, I get back to Oz, back to school. I was literally back in in the, in the classroom the next day.
0: Huh, like jet lagged. Like,
1: no, where have you been? I never oh. get jet lagged going back to Oz. It's always I always get jet lag going to Kenya, but never back to Australia. It's yeah, weird.
2: The airport and deliver a speech because he was school captain that year and he you hadn't slept. Oh did yeah. Did you have to go straight like from the Uber and then straight onto stage? Or-
1: yeah, no, that was that was pretty funny. I was like, I didn't have the right clothes or anything, but um, yeah, no, I, I was because I was seventeen and all my mates um. All my mates, like, were going out on the weekends, were going clubbing, but I couldn't because I wasn't, I wasn't old enough. And then I was like, oh, I've got this, like, this passport. It's like, it looks pretty dodgy. So I wonder, like, if I could maybe edit the, the, the date of my birth on it. <laughs> it's so stupid, like, like, forging a document. But um, I ended up just, just like, slightly editing this, this passport and I could use it, like, to go out clubbing. So it ended up being like, just it made the final part of my year like an epic. So I could join <laughs> all my mates, just going so out. It worked. Yeah.
0: Oh my god! Do you, do you know what I used to do when I was seventeen? Because uh, I grew up on the Gold Coast and we had Mermaid Tavern on Friday nights, and I used to go down the bottom because I was seventeen. saying I was born at the end of y- at the year, but I was born in November. Third November, everyone. Third November. <laughs> no, but I was born third <laughs> November, and so all my mates turned eighteen before me. So what I used to do, I used to go down and all the older boys, I used to go down to the bottom level of Mermaid Tavern outside. There was the car park and the the window for the toilets was like up over my hands kind of thing. But the boys would go in, the older boys would go in there, open up the window and pick me up and drag no me way. through, drag me <laughs> through the toilets and then I'd be in there. Like, one time I ran into my auntie in there. <laughs> She's like, what the fuck are you doing in here? I was like, Damn it. <laughs> Uh, uh, okay, wait, here's a funny story. I, my mate turned 18 before me, he was born in January and I remember like we used to always play these games, like hang out the front of a bottle shop and ask, try ask like some older dude to like, you know, or rock off for someone who had to go in and like try buy beer. And I just remembered like talking to everyone, like trying to practice, like when you lost and you had to go try, try practice where the beer is. Like, in the store, you're like, you got to walk in, walk straight. you got to know what you want. Because if you're walking around, like, questioning it, then yeah, they're going yeah. to ask you for ID. Man, again, like, getting denied always was like, fuck. <laughs> like, especially the goon. Like, we're always going straight for goon. And then, um like, cast wine for international listeners. But I remember 7th Ave, Palm Beach, BWS. I rocked up there with my... I. I i didn't say i wouldn't say i stole <laughs> i borrowed my mate mark's mark if you're <laughs> listening I've, you remember this but i borrowed his birth certificate because he was born in january and i walked into the bottle shop and i walked up straight up to the dude and i was like oh hey mate um just a bit down on my luck i got yeah like because at the time we were always surfing fingal um and fingal there was people down there in this housing commission that would come through the bush and um, smash the windows of your car and steal everything. Yeah, And so it was really common to happen to surfers, like mm. when we would surf down there. So I walked in and I've gone, oh, hey, mate, like, yeah, I was down surfing at Fingal because everyone knew this was happening. I was like, oh. and car got broken into, man, like, and I, I my wallet got stolen, all this stuff, lost my ID. And I go, I was talking to the policeman about it. and they go, well, just walk around with your birth certificate. And so I go to the guy, I was like, mate, look, I've got no, I've got no um, ID, but... Here's my birth certificate. I'm Mark Hill. <laughs> when I was born, and this, and the guy's like, "Oh, mate, I shouldn't let you, but yeah, you know, like you've made an effort, so it's all right." And so <laughs> I figured out when this guy was working, and I'd oh. always just like go in when he was working and buy alcohol. You it was found so his roster. Good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was just like figured it out. I was like, "Yeah, he thinks I'm 18." It was sick. <laughs> Naughty boys, eh? Yeah. <laughs> so you made it back. How How were your classmates? Being a 17-year-old kid in school, your classmates and then you let us like get back and you're like, yeah, no, I've just been in Kenya. I just lost me. <laughs> <laughs> this parachute, it didn't didn't go off. <laughs> like, how were your classmates? Were they just like, what What did they think? They must have thought you are a bit of a lord, dude.
1: Yeah, no. I think they expected like that of me. Just, I'd always come back from Kenya with some pretty whack stories.
0: So, are you going to do this bike trip?
1: Yeah, I think so. George was going to join me, but I think he's... He's like pulled out on me. So, I think a, it'll be a lone trip.
0: If I've got a free gap, I'll join you for a oh, bit. Oh, yeah. Like even if it's just for a leg. Yeah, you yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? I'd love to do something no, like that. No, for sure. I really want to ride around New Zealand. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Should right. we We've talked a bit of smack. <laughs> Should we? Um, Great story, dude. And I'll just, I love you guys and thanks so much for reaching no, out again. Cheers. And I just love... I was like laughing. I was on the couch this morning at these guys' place and I started laughing about the fact that, you know, I met George down in Lenox he came on the podcast he told a really cool story we had a few beers had a nice time and then you've messaged me and you're like hey and I said "Oh, well, let's make it an adventure let's go to Noosa you know blah blah and then you guys have come up here you're here for work yeah. and then we're like well yeah I was like let's just go out for a few beers and then do the podcast on the Sunday so we end up having a big night out <laughs> together just fun like all this random stuff happens uh-huh. and then now we're down here doing a podcast hey I just want to touch on Brilliant. two just before we go your your coffee business. Let's just touch on your coffee business for a second, because I'd love to let everyone know what you're doing, because that's something that is
1: yeah, it's sure. pretty
0: cool, man. Right.
1: I don't. Yeah, I don't think I really told you much last night about it.
0: I was waiting for this.
1: Oh, okay. Um, yeah, it was it was last year actually. A few mates and I thought like we could use because since we moved to Kenya, right, we'd been like involved in some in some school projects over there. Dad's been like quite involved with um with this school in Kibera Slum which is like the largest slum in Africa it's quite Shit. a yeah an intense place
0: I remember George talking about that on the last podcast it's yeah a city in there you know there's doctors and stuff in
1: there it's crazy yeah, um, conti- yeah. we've always like I guess dad and, and we've always been asking friends and family back here in Oz for donations but like you know asking for donations is, is pretty tiring and it's not it's not very sustainable maybe I guess like since starting uni I've like heard about this concept of like social business and using like business as a force for good and trying to, you know, create positive change through through business. Yeah, I was like, you know, just getting a bit tired of bored of uni, maybe just like... What were you studying? Ah, uh, business. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, studying yeah. business. Still am. I'm not finished yet. Um, but just getting a bit bored of it and like, you know, not really feeling very fulfilled. And so I thought, you know, what a better way of practicing what I was doing than than trying to start something to actually help this school, and so yeah, last year it was March. I kicked off Nice Coffee Co, which is a it's a coffee company, a social enterprise coffee company, and we bring in like Kenyan coffee. We're now we're doing coffee from all around the world, and actually supplying like offices. We're doing households now and and um, cafes with their coffee beans and you know machines and and. We're now doing pods and all that. And then using the profits from that coffee to then, you know, build classrooms, really improve the situation at the school. You know, we've got some teachers on salary throughout he COVID. You
0: hearing this. So this coffee company that he has, he's using the Kenyan coffee and coffee from around the world. He's created this conf- coffee company and all the profits are going into this slum over in Africa to like build schools and stuff for the people. What an amazing young dude. Can you, can you girls hear this? Girls, have
2: you met Jim?
0: What? Yeah, girls, have you met? Are you. Wait, are you single? <laughs> How is this handsome, young, intelligent entrepreneur, ladies? Sing? <laughs> Ultimate wingman. No, no, no. Okay, so, wait, so what was it yeah. called again? What coffee? Uh, it's called Nice Coffee Co. Nice Coffee Co. Yeah. Is there a website?
1: Yeah, we've got a website. So um, anyone
0: can buy off you. If someone wants to, like, purchase coffee.
1: Yeah, yeah, we we do online sales just through our website. Um, nice you know, coffee, ground whole bean pods, all that sort of thing. Machines now. Yeah, and all we're just trying to grow and grow.
0: And all the profits are going over to Kenya. Yeah, yeah. Oh, to this, to this. Oh, we're
1: my. starting with um, this school in Kibera slum, but in the next couple of months, we're adding some new project ideas involving like um, you know some environmental projects as well. So we're doing a new bean which is actually going to fund the planting of, like, trees and, and, like, reforestation, which is really cool, in Kenya as well. Um, So, yeah, having a lot of fun with it. Dude, Um, thank you for being you. Some mates in our project, and we're just trying to grow and grow and have more impact, I guess, connect with more Aussies. What
0: would you say to people, because, like, I hear these stories a lot where I meet really compassionate people, and they're like, I would love to be able to do something for, you know, like, less privileged communities. Like, yeah. what, w- what would your advice to them be to start something like this?
1: Yeah, I'd say definitely consider like using business as a force to to create change instead of raising yeah. money. Because
0: you hear people like going, like, yeah. "Oh, I'm gonna like do a, do a big bike ride." Like, you could do that bike ride is another yeah. like way, but but it's like, yeah, you've got like literally a business that's rolling over. It's not a one off. Exactly. So it's like a constant fee, which is like probably even more beneficial for a community.
1: Yeah, I mean... Because it's like little bits at a time It's definitely not... To... It's not easy, um, of course. But again, trying to create some sort of sustainable model. Um, you know, in a time like COVID when, you know, the majority of people have stopped donating to, to charities because yeah. we're, we're all in a tough situation. And people s- are always going to drink coffee, right?
0: And I saw the coffee in the back of your car. Do you use like... What type yeah. of products do you do? Do you do beans and then ground beans? So like we can have it in our Yeah, we do. Plunges? do
1: everything. Um, Ground beans, pods. Yesterday we were at the roastery just doing a, a bit of a tasting session for this new bin that we're launching. Oh, brilliant. Um, and nice Coffee yeah, Co. It's just a lot of fun. Dude,
0: uh, thank you. I say, say, let's go through the website .org. org. Yeah,
1: we just it up a little. <laughs> nicecoffeeco.org. Nicecoffee.org. Nicecoffee.org. Yeah,
0: Nicecoffee.org. yeah. Nicecoffee.org. Yeah. And you can go there and you can order your coffee. Instead of buying it at Woolies or whatever, like, you know, you're buying it from like, okay, for one, it's like you guys, like you're buying it from you guys, but you know your money's going yeah, somewhere yeah. to help.
1: Like, well wow, no, so
0: compassionate. Thank yeah,
1: you, dude. I don't know. I guess like since starting uni, you see a lot of people just following this very traditional, you know, linear path of, of growth in these companies, you know, trying to make money for, you know, for shareholders or yeah. the wealthy but there's this, like, huge growing divide between, you know, us here in Australia and, and these communities in, in, like, you know, Kenya's just an example. So I thought, you know, like, I don't want to spend all my time and energy trying to make money for other people when I could be, I don't know, making money for, for these, like, guys who are really struggling. I just thought it'd be,
0: yeah. Your parents have done such a good job with you guys. It's ridiculous. Like you guys, meeting you guys makes me want to have kids to the point of like just bringing good humans into the world. You know what I mean? Like bringing no good humans into the world no. that like are compassionate, that are having fun, having a good time, adventurous, and like doing something for other no, people. No you know way. what I mean? Coming from the heart, <laughs> dude. Nice coffee coat. Right. Wait, <laughs> Jim. Should we should we get out of here and have a beer? Yeah, let's swim? go for a swim. Wait, ladies. We're gonna we're gonna finish up this podcast. You guys want to say goodbye? <laughs>
1: We'll
0: see you guys later. All right. <laughs>
2: Cheers.
0: So, if you guys like this episode, please feel free to share it and go on Apple Podcasts and leave a rating because this bumps it right up and it helps me out so much. Now, guys, Tell us your tale, the competition Wild Earth is throwing for Diaries of the Wild Ones. I'm going to let you guys know all the details on the next episode and put it on my social media, Aaron Shanks. But if you guys have a cool story or know someone with a cool story, get ready to send it in to me. It's just a short version. It could just be one sentence, just the quick little details, but I cannot wait to see what comes in. Okay, guys, have fun. Enjoy. Just say uh... Sanyang, aku tak sayang. Jari apa? Jari cinta?
1: Jari apa? Jari cewek
0: I do it like a double. (laughs)